0: You're listening to another edition of the Full Court Press on 106.9 The Fan with Eric Franson and Ajay Salveson. To get the latest content, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Don't forget, the Full Court Press airs Monday through Friday on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM The Fan. And you can stream the show on 106.9TheFan.com. So, our uh, series. I'm going to call it a series. No, because you called it all Aggies who didn't win an NCAA tournament game, which I thought no, was pretty I hard. I never, so I said, I never call called Legions. it that. I never
1: called it that. <laughs> our series of interviews with the former Aggie legends I like that better than the other title that you were proposing. I did
0: not give that title
1: and one of those is Tyler Newbold uh, he was a part of a great stretch of of games in this uh, seasons of success for Utah State he joins us now here on the Full Court Press Tyler thanks for joining us today
2: yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. You're, you're getting me out of work for a minute, so I, I love it.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Whatever we can do to help the uh, people have to do less work. That's what we are all about. Yes, yes.
2: It's, it's,
0: it's,
2: uh, I'd, lo- I'd rather talk about basketball than, than do
0: work, right? <laughs> oh, glad we cleared that up. Hey, uh, this 2009-2010 yeah. uh, team that's going to be honored on Saturday night against uh, the Aggies face Boise State at the Spectrum, uh, this team it was something about Coach Morrill and having winning streaks in conference games. And this one had to reach a streak of 15. 15, including, if I remember right, was this the game? Yeah, it was. Uh, 79-72 at Nevada in overtime. What was the toughest environment you played at during your conference time? Oh, man. Yeah, that's a good...
2: I, I, yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably have to say uh, Nevada. Um, just for the fact that at that time we we both had some really good solid teams, and they obviously got some really good fan support too. So, so as far as environment goes, that was uh, that was a tough a tough battle. Um, we all, I, I feel like we had like a mutual respect with Nevada, uh, whereas like some of the other groups that were a little tough to play at with like New Mexico State, they had their fans were brutal and. We uh, didn't have much respect for those guys. but um, So there was just kind of a different feel at Nevada where it was, there was definitely a mutual respect. Both teams respected each other, but we had some great battles. And it definitely, to your point, at, at their place, it was definitely a tough environment. And yeah, that game you, uh, you referred to, um, yeah, I remember that vividly. It was a, t- a tough game, and we got it, the W at the end, but... I remember a shot. I, I had a shot to win the game at the buzzer, and I kind of barely missed it. So that was frustrating. That would have been awesome to have a game winner, but uh, <laughs> we got it done. I hit, I hit a three in overtime. I remember that. So I kind of I redeemed myself there, and then uh, we ended up getting that win, which was which was really fun. So
1: uh, Tyler, I want to ask you your your teammates that um, your junior year. They voted you as the, the the player that best represents Utah State basketball, and that wasn't the first time they did that. What what did that mean to you, and what do you think that represented?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, those every time I uh, every time they voted me for something like that, like that, me mean, meant more to me that, than pretty much anything. Just to know that. The teammates that I that I love, that I go to battle with, that I work you know every day with, that we go through the grind of a season with, to know that those guys like respected me like that and, and um, looked to me in that way, like that's just something that made, it was, was great. Like I I loved being a part of the team. I loved being a good teammate. I loved kind of the camaraderie that we had, which every college team doesn't have. Um, and, you know, just being able to be put in that position and kind of represent the school that way, um, is something that I love and I continue to love. And, and, um, yeah, I, I, as far as that goes, that, I always cherish that just knowing that, Hey, these are the guys that are internal that are here every day with us and to have their respect that way was, was really a great honor.
0: Tyler, these day and age, it seems like a lot of kids from Utah County go to Salt Lake City, go play at the University of Utah, go to BYU University, even go to UVU. You chose to come yeah. to Utah State. What was the recruiting process like to get you to come here?
2: Yeah, so it was um, it was interesting. Like The University of uh, Utah was actually the first school to offer me, and this is going to make me feel really old, and it, <laughs> I guess I am older now, but... Rick Majerus was actually oh. the very first person to offer me. Mm. Um, and then shortly after, and Utah State had uh, been on me at the time, too, and they'd been working on talking with me. Um, shortly after Rick Majerus offered me, um, shortly after that was his kind of, like, leave of absence from health, and he had his issues, or he kind of stepped away for a minute. Um, and then eventually, like, he left, and uh, I think it was Ray Giacoletti, if I remember right, came in. Yeah, he said that he still wanted to still wanted to honor the scholarship or and whatnot, but it felt awkward and it felt weird, um, just for the fact that I didn't hear from him very much after that. And I definitely wanted to go somewhere where I felt like really wanted and I felt comfortable with the staff, and I just didn't have that feeling with uh, with the University of Utah. I love Utah State from the beginning, just from going. I have mean, been to games up there as a kid. Both my parents did go to Utah State, so I was aware of that, uh, how awesome the spectrum was, and just understanding, like, understanding and knowing that um, the environment that I'd be able to play in up there was a huge, uh, huge confidence thing to me. As far as BYU goes, it was always funny just because I'd never really actually heard from them until the very, very end, like a, a week or two before I actually committed to Utah state. So by that point I was kind of beyond even thinking about them. I, they did talk to me a week or two before I committed to going to Utah state and it was like, Hey, would you be interested? And I was like, well, at this point, thanks, but no, <laughs> um, just because I, I wanted to go somewhere that, you know, to be loyal to the people that had recruited me from the beginning. And there's a lot of factors, right? Like, I was going on a mission, so um, the likelihood of the coach being there when I got back, I knew I was pretty, pretty safe and sound with Coach Moral that way, <laughs> um, and you know a variety of other things. But I, I just loved. Uh, I just woke up one day. I remember. I still remember the day. I just woke up one day in the morning and I was thinking about it, and I had, you know, four or five of my top schools that I was kind of thinking about, and I just woke up one day and I just felt felt great about Utah State and I just told my parents I was like I just feel like this is the right place for me and they weren't pushing me in any direction but they were obviously super excited and I committed that day and uh yeah the rest is history
1: you played alongside some pretty special teammates uh, those were that was a special era of Utah State basketball yeah. where you guys yeah. did some pretty amazing things uh do you keep in touch with those guys much still today
2: yeah, yeah, I do. I t- I keep in touch with several of them. Um, some of them more than others, obviously. Like I, I mean, I keep in touch with with uh, Ty Wesley and Nate Bendel and a lot of the guys that are still around in Utah. I'll keep in touch from touch with from time to time. Brady Jardine and Brian Green, obviously, and and uh, Preston Medlin, like those guys that are still kind of around here. And then every now and then, from time to time, I'll connect with guys that are out of state, but. Um, but yeah, I, we definitely had, uh, a camaraderie that not every college team has. It was one of those things where the, uh, connections we had with each other and the the camaraderie that we had with each other, um, was a huge factor in, in our success. Just we really, I mean, it's kind of cliche, but we truly didn't care who scored. We understood who we needed to get to the ball to, to be successful, but we didn't, care who scored who got the you know the the bucket to win the game or who made the free you know we didn't care about that at all we just wanted to win and that's all we wanted to do and uh we didn't have the most talent in the world but we definitely had enough talent and then that combined with our uh how we played together so well i think pushed us over the top and helped us win a lot of games against teams that when you look on paper may have had more talent than us um uh, kind of looking at it on paper, but I, it's kind of funny you bring that up because some, <laughs> Coach Morrell always used to tell us that, hey, we're not gonna we're not gonna win warmups in this game because we'll see the other team out there dunking and <laughs> jumping out of the gym and doing this and that. But he's like, we're not gonna win warmups, but we're gonna win. We're gonna smash them in the game. We're gonna out execute them. We're gonna out tough them. We'll win the game. And it was always something that I, whenever he said that, I always laughed. And it's something that always stuck with me because it was really true. There was times where you know, we're playing these teams that have freak athletes and NBA athletes, and and but we're still winning the game. And then sometimes, in those cases, we're winning them handily because we're playing together, we have enough talent, and we, we're a team when they really weren't. So, anyway, uh, I'm kind of rambling, but those are I guess those are my thoughts along those lines.
1: Well, I remember Stu Morrill, well, here again, just a reset, we're talking to Tyler Newbold, former Aggie player, a basketball player, and uh, played in the late 2000s, early... 2009, I, yeah, 2010. There you go, 2000. Yeah. Well, freshman year, 2007, 2008, yep. graduating in yep. 2011. But I remember, Stu Morrill, uh, in thinking about your team and, and your group, your, the, the the teams that you were a part of, always praising that this was a, a group of really high-character guys. He was always really high on, on your character of that group, and uh, that he could rely on you guys he wasn't always having to deal with other issues that some other coaches had to deal with or that he had to deal with with teams in in years past Uh, I always found that interesting how he always made a point to to to, uh, to stress that that this was a really special group of of players and really was impressed with your character
2: yeah yeah I uh and I, I totally agree with it. And I, I think as I look back, like on our, on those years, there were, uh, it was a player led team. Like obviously the coaches were there and had our respect and they put in all the sets and all the stuff that we need to do to be successful. But uh, during the game, when something needed to be said or someone needed a, a lift or somebody maybe wasn't playing hard enough or boxing out hard enough or whatever, like, it wasn't, I mean, it, it was, it was internal. Like we had the guys on the team that were able to, to uh, say those things that needed to be said. And so it, it really, one of those things I think we really took ownership to is like, Hey, this is our team. These are our, our years. We're not going to be here forever. Like the, the coach Stu was there for a long time and we had a lot of different teams, but this is our year. This is our team. And so we have to take ownership of it. Um, and I think that's something that a lot of us really took to heart was, you know, this is our time. We're not going to have unlimited time here. And, and uh, we were able to lead out in a really good way that way and have a lot of guys on that same page, which made it to be successful as far as the leadership and, and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah.
0: Looking back at 2009-10 squad, who is the best trash talker on the team? <laughs> um... I mean, was Brian Green any, was he a bit yeah. of a trash talker at all, or is he pretty quiet?
2: No, Brian, <laughs> Brian Green definitely was a trash talker. He was definitely a guy that <laughs> would, uh, let, let people know what he thought. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't know. Like, I, I uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Like, you'd, you'd probably have to say Brian and, and Ty Wesley. Um, I, I mean, you think about Ty. He was one of those guys where you, you absolutely hate him if you're playing against him because he's just annoying and 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 is so good in the post and knows how to use his body. It's physical and and he, I mean, he definitely knew how to, to to trash talk with the best of them. I remember some of the games with uh, New Mexico State. Uh, him and I don't know if you remember uh, Wendell McInnes. Oh yeah. Oh yes. It. They would go at it just constantly back and forth. It was now that I think about it, it's just pretty hilarious. Some of the things they would say to each other, and it was it was pretty brutal at times. But Ty could absolutely trash talk with the best of them, and and when Brian got hot, when he uh, when he was lighting it up off the bench and hitting five six threes in a game, like he was. You
0: would definitely let the other team know about it. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is the most? Mem- I guess uh, you talked about the Nevada game. Um, you know, I'll just jump ahead to this one: the the NCAA tournament game against Texas A&M. Uh, you guys get into the tournament. I, I felt like you guys were hosed on the seed. You faced Texas A&M, and it just seemed like the ball just would never ever find the net for you guys, no matter how good a looks. You got. He shot thirty-eight percent for the night from the field, and and they couldn't miss. At one point, what do you most remember about the game? How frustrating was it to lose to that team? Because I felt like you guys were the better squad.
2: Yeah, that was that was really frustrating, just for the fact that like out of the three, out of the three tournament games that I got to play in, that was the one where it was like, hey, we had we didn't even come close to playing our best. Um, the other two that we played in were, were much closer, and especially the one the year before against Marquette, we felt like we should have won, uh, just lost it at the oh, end. Oh, that's right. You had the Marquette
0: firing. game, didn't you, yeah. Tyler? Yeah. Boise, yeah. yeah. Oh.
2: But as far as the, the Texas A&M game was interesting because they uh, – I think their coach was Mark Turgeon. Yeah.
1: Oh, right. And
2: uh, he, I don't know how, but out of every team we've ever played – they had us scouted better than any team I've ever played. As, as a lot of people know, like with Coach Sue, we would run a thousand different set plays and variations of those set plays and all that sort of thing. And I don't know how, but they knew exactly where we were going to be every single play. I don't, and they were scouted us so well. I don't know how they did it, but that was part of the reason I think we shot so bad is we couldn't, we didn't get very many open looks against them and. They had scouted us really well. The other thing I remember from that game is uh, Chris Middleton, who was a little young freshman at the time, who's now an NBA like all-star. Is he an all-star? I don't know. I think he is, but
1: yes, he is uh, this year,
2: or he has been. Yeah, right. At the time, and, and it's kind of hilarious looking back at it now because at the when we going into that game, he was listed on the scouting report, but hadn't done a lot during the year, and we not we didn't really talk about him much. And then I remember starting. We played this like matchup zone in, against them, and he hit like three or four threes.
0: Yeah, like he in went a row. He went five <laughs> to six from deep. He went seven to ten from yeah. the field that night. Yeah,
2: and, and I remember uh, like three or four, like specifically, were just corner threes where they got the ball moving and they kicked it to the corner. He's wide open. Well, not wide open, but a couple of them he was open. And I remember thinking at halftime, like why did we not talk about this dude? And now it's funny looking back as far as like, well, yeah, we kind of made a mistake with that one, (laughs) with how well he's done in his career. But anyway, that's that game was really frustrating just because it it got away from us quick and we couldn't get back into it. Anyway, but
1: yeah. We're bringing up bad memories. <laughs> That's my no, bad. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> uh, again, we're talking to Tyler Newbold, the former Aggie great, and uh, Tyler. This is an opportunity this weekend for a lot of these former teams to get together. Stu Morrill uh, is uh, planned to be in attendance as well. You have any special like uh, anecdotes that uh, are radio friendly that you could share about radio your... <laughs> friendly? <laughs> <laughs> but being uh, having Stu Morrill as your coach.
2: Um oh man there's a bunch of different uh, there's a bunch of different stories um I'm trying to think of one that would be this year remember there's a bunch some of them you obviously can't repeat some of the things you would say but one of them, <laughs> on some on radio but some of the one of the things i remember is um I'm trying to remember which which year it was there was one year that we were going to play at Boise State and I remember um, before the game he would you know obviously talk to us and give us a little bit of a a pep talk or whatever it really wasn't usually too too much um, as far as that goes but I remember when we went and played at Boise State it was a huge game Um, it even might have been my freshman year with JC I can't remember which year it was but I still remember him um, telling us like, and he wouldn't ever tell us. This is the only time I've ever heard him say this during uh, the time I played for him. Is he told us he's like, I don't usually tell you guys this, but I guarantee we're going to win this game. He's like, i we I, we're not going to lose. There is no way like I'm filtering it a little bit, but he's he said we're not we. There is no way we're losing this game. We are for sure going to win this game, and then he like. I don't even know how to explain it. He had, like, a, a Hallmark-like card. Like a, like, a Hallmark card. And you know, do you know how some of them, when you open them, they, like, play music? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. These are awesome. So he had one of these Hallmark cards. And it, and when he said that, he's like, he's like, I just feel so good about this game. We're, we will not lose this game. I've, he's like, I've only done this a few times in my career. But he said, and, and told by Team This before War Game, but I know that we're going to win this game. And then he opens this Hallmark card, and it's that song that's like, I feel good, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> and I know that I should like that. I'm I butchering it, right? But he opened that and, that, and he played that, and we were all looking at him like, "Are you serious?" Like, okay, <laughs> let's drop awesome. And we like, and we thought it was kind of awkward, but we erupted, and we're like, "Let's go!" And we went out, and we won that game. And <laughs> I don't know why I that was the first thing I thought of when you asked that because there's a bunch of different memories and stories, but that's one that I thought was kind of funny and interesting that he hadn't he had never seen him do that before, before a game where he told us, like, hey, I know we're going to win this game. I have a feeling. I, I just, we're not going to lose this game. And so, that one was pretty cool. <laughs> hey, Those speak... Several...
0: Sorry, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to ask you, so, like, speaking of coaches and, and humor and stuff, do you follow Keith Van Horn on Twitter? Because, I mean, you, you you obviously knew about Rick Majeris. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you see, like, yeah, the quotes that he gives out or whatever?
2: I'm not so sure which one you're... So,
0: so, well, yeah, I mean, there's just a bunch of them. Like, like, last night, Keith Van Horn put out a bunch of quotes that Rick Majerus would tell his players, just ripping <laughs> yeah. on him, just ripping the shreds out of them. Was, uh, yeah. What was the best insult, radio-friendly, I guess, if you want to give Rugo Ria what was the best insult Stu Morrill gave to a player during your time?
2: Oh, my gosh. Um...
0: Put me on the spot, I'm trying to think. Because, I mean, like, I, he he told me a story about, like, how he told Tony Brown he couldn't guard a chair at one point. I think it was, like, a sophomore <laughs> year. Did he ever get after, like, yeah. J.C. or uh, you? He said the same thing about J.C. Carroll. Did he really? Yeah.
2: <laughs> I do remember him making, like, I can't remember some of the specific things he said to J.C., but I, I do remember him, like, joking and jiving at him a little bit where as far as, like, you're lucky that – I forget how he said it and how the words that he said it he obviously was gonna say it, said it way better than how I, how I'm bringing it up here but I remember him saying, saying to him about like you're lucky that you're such a good scorer because that's the only way you're gonna be playing around, like playing for me right now because you can't guard anybody basically <laughs> but um, yeah I, I, I'm trying to think of others. I'd have to say I I know there's others. I, I know I kind of put about, you on the but... spot
0: there, but I had to ask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, really quickly, I gotta ask you this: Ty Wil Ty versus Gary Wilkinson, who would win on a one-on-one matchup?
2: Oh man, um, that's a good question. So, I think, hmm, I think that uh, initially, like. You're saying like back in the day when Gary first got to Utah State. Sure. It was definitely Ty would would have beaten him one on one. Um the fun thing about that is Gary, as a lot of people know his story, hadn't played a lot of basketball like competitively growing up. And so the neat thing about that situation is Gary and like Ty helped Gary so much. So so much as far as like how to use his body, how, you know, the footwork of the game, of being a post player. Um, a lot, like Gary got so much better being a post player and a lot of that had to do, obviously, with the coaching, but a lot of it was because Ty worked with him a ton and Gary wasn't shy. He asked him tons of questions as far as like, how do you do this? How do you do this? What do I do if the defense does this? And so, I don't know who would who would win now. I probably still probably still tie right now at the moment because he's still playing overseas and Gary's done. But but it definitely got a lot closer, Um it would have been a tough battle one on one with each other, you know, toward Gary's end of his career because he got so much better just from the, the couple of years he was there, and a lot of had a lot of that had to do with Ty and how he helped him with his game um, along that path, which was. I thought I thought that I was pretty awesome.
0: Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, to yeah. see how because they're they both all Americans, weren't they? Gary and Ty were.
2: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Gary was an all-American. Details,
0: but, I know Ty was. But,
2: and yeah, I remember Gary like when he first came in. He he had a lot. I mean, he's a great player. He could shoot the ball. And I mean, but it, he was really raw, like as far as his footwork goes, and. And his moves, like just back to the basket moves in the post and and all that sort of thing. And Ty really, like as as a lot of people know, like Ty could use both hands, jump hook either way, could use, you know, uses his body well because obviously he's kind of an undersized post. And so he he worked with Gary a lot. And Gary um, learned a ton from him that helped him, you know, helped Gary become the player that he was. Um, because he improved so much during those couple of years that he was there. So, yeah. Wow. That's interesting.
1: Ty- yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tyler, last question for me, because we know we've, uh, y- the folks at work probably want you back. Uh, but <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> I <don't> not know. <laughs> uh, but I, I did want to find out just uh, one of the things that we like to do in these uh, interviews is just find out what, what happened to these uh, former Aggie basketball players once they left Utah State. So, well, what have you yeah. what have you done since you left USU? I know it's kind of a broad question in a short amount of time, but you know, generally speaking, yeah, no. like what uh, what what have you been up to since you left Utah State?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I actually um, when I got done, I tried to you know decide, okay, what am I going to do next? And it kind of took some time. And I actually did uh, I did play uh, overseas for a short time. I got a chance. I got a, I played on a team in Argentina. For a short time, um, for a year. Well, like six months, really, of their year. And then, I, I, like a year later, I got a chance to play on a team in um, New Zealand, in the New Zealand League. There's a team in New Zealand that plays in the Australian League called the New Zealand Breakers that Gary and Ty have both been on in their career. Oh, yeah. And the Australian League is a little bigger. Uh, the league I was in was like this really small New Zealand-only specific league where there was like seven or eight teams. And it was... Uh, very, not a great league competitive wise, but I, we, me and my wife decided to take that opportunity just because it was like we didn't have kids yet and they're going to pay our way to come to New Zealand to be there for three or four months and play basketball and <laughs> it was pretty awesome. Um, so I did that and then after, um, after our that, I, uh, kind of made the decision to, to hang it up as far as trying to play competitively. I had, I would have regretted not at least giving it a shot. Um, and at that point, after those couple of years, I was, I, I didn't have any regrets at that point. Kind of wanted to go a different direction and start my, start my real career, I guess, my real career, what I needed to do. And so since then, I've worked for a couple different, um, software companies, uh, on the sales side. And then, uh, currently I work at a company called, uh, Weave. Uh, in Lehigh. It's one of the, if y'all know the, if anyone knows the Lehigh area, Silicon Slopes, all the new tech companies, it's one of those big buildings that's right there. And I work, um, I work with a a lot in this role. I work with our partners, a lot of the partners that we work with. So, uh, kind of relationship building and helping each other become successful and, and, uh, and that sort of thing. So, there's a lot more besides that that I could get into, but that's, I guess, the Reader's Digest version of it.
1: <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, we uh, we, yes. we really enjoyed watching you represent Utah State in a oh, lot of, one of the ways. Best. One of the best. On the court, off the court. Uh, You're g- part of a great uh, set of teams there under Stu Moral. It's going to be a lot of fun having you guys uh, up, and uh, that those teams recognize this weekend when they have those uh, – that. Uh, uh, reunion nights. So, thanks for your time, yeah. and it's it's been fun catching up with you, and finding out what you've been up to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
2: I appreciate you guys having me on, and I I love talking about Aggie basketball and the day and back and kind of the days we had back then. And it's it's always fun. So I, I appreciate you guys having me on, and look forward to hopefully seeing you guys up there on, on Saturday. So,
0: absolutely, we'll see you then. Saturday, uh, we'll see you Saturday. Okay. Thanks, I Appreciate you. Okay.
2: Yeah, thanks. Appreciate you guys. Have a good one.